Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Now have a look at this. He said this a little while ago to me and then he prompted me. He said, start it with this because I've been waiting to share this, but I haven't really had the chance because I haven't been released to share this message until tonight. But it says in verse 17, the, Ephesians 1:17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, the New Living Translation of that same verse says, asking God, the glorious Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may know, so that you may, might grow in the knowledge of your God. You see, different translations can say it differently, and one puts an emphasis, and, I'm, and I love all the translations, but I'm just saying some cause you to, I think, miss some of the, what the author is really trying to say more than others. And I find, uh, uh, just to say, to grow in the knowledge of God, this give you spiritual wisdom and insights so that you may grow in your knowledge of God, that's, that's referring to revelation. You have spiritual wisdom and revelation. Growing in the knowledge of God, it is. But, but I, I just, I'm reading that to give you a balance. Have a look at the Amplified with me. For I pray always to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that's fine too, because revelation is insight into mysteries, okay? But I was reading the, the Passion Translation a little while ago, and the Holy Ghost just stopped me right in my tracks. And, and, and I, it, really, it really helped me. So let me read that to you from the Passion. It says, I pray, the, it sounds so simple, but I, got, I saw something I never saw before. I pray the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Both spirits are capitalized to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. But I never saw that before. The Holy Ghost spoke to me when I read that some time ago that he, that the, that the father would impart to us the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Most of them just say the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They just kind of, but this one pauses for a second and says, it's a spirit of wisdom and it's a spirit of revelation. Now, now you say, what is wisdom? It's not just knowing what to do. That's not the wisdom this is talking about. We'll have wisdom like, like, like Proverbs talks about. Wisdom and knowing how, what, what, how to handle situations. That's not really what this, that wisdom is talking about here. This wisdom, the definition of it is found in 1 Corinthians 2. So would you turn to 1 Corinthians 2 with me? 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 5, your faith should not rest and stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. His preaching was not with secret, sensitive, enticing words, in other words, or man's wisdom, but with the spirit and power, verse 4, that your faith would rest not on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Now watch, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. For I, and then, and that, so from that perspective, it continues on. For I was not seeing you and heard the, in the heart of men things which God has prepared for those who love him. Why? Because that wisdom that God, that it's really connected to the wisdom. 
This wisdom, which I'll explain in a second, eye is not seen. You have to know what God's prepared for you because that's part of the wisdom. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Now, to, to make it a little easier, let's look at that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, and let's start in verse 5. But let's read it from the Amplified Version. Classic. And it says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, human philosophy, but in the power of God. Yet when we were among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom. The knowledge, listen, this is what the wisdom is. The knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. Do you understand? But it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world or of the leaders and the rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. In other words, all the government officials, the emperor of Rome, all that stuff, they're not going to make it. That's what Paul's saying. They're all, they're all going by the wayside. But this wisdom isn't going by the wayside. But rather, what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God, that wisdom, which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age or the world perceived and recognized and understood this wisdom. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, this is the wisdom that God hid. And now, he, and now Paul in verse 7 is saying that now he is decreeing it. This was before the ages. This was all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But now he's revealing it for our, the church age, our glorification. Amen. Amen. In other words, this wisdom is for us. Yes. Not for the Old Testament. It's for us. Yes. Old, um, Abraham couldn't operate in this wisdom. This is the plan that God had for all those thousands of years, but it was hidden. It was a secret plan. Why do you think the devil creates secret societies? Because he's trying to imitate God. God had the ultimate secret. For thousands of years, the devil couldn't figure it out. People couldn't figure it out. The Jews couldn't even figure it out. And they were the ones doing all the stuff that was the type and shadow of it. Even now they can't figure it out. Their eyes are blinded. But there was a, a great seed of, 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 of plan that God had. And he was just waiting for the right time to reveal it to the earth. And then it would glorify the ones that would get it. Yeah. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. That's why the devil piggybacks on the secret knowledge, those agnostic societies. None of that is right. None of that is godly. You shouldn't be involved in any of that. Because that secret knowledge and secret truth, that, that concept was from God in the Old Testament. He had secret knowledge and truth, but it could only be revealed <laughs> through the Jewish race to the church and for the Jews if they would take it. So that concept of there's a secret that none of you know about, it's coming. See, that God came up with that idea, but the devil twists everything that God has and he perverts it. And now he creates these secret things and says, oh, if you come to here and go with, we have little hoods on and we have candles and we do woo-woo sticks. And then we're going to, we're going to give you some secret knowledge and we're going to do some chanting and some hollering and we're going to do some movement with our hands. And there's some secret society that's demonic because there's no more secrets in God that have not been revealed already. This has been revealed to the church and it was the only secret worth guarding. Everything else is just darkness and the devil trying to mimic what God was originally doing. He's a mimic. He doesn't have anything creative in him. He doesn't have anything new in him. He's only mimicking. 
He tries to do secular rock and roll and all this nonsense because he wants worship because God has worship. He wants a throne because God has a throne. Right. Tried to kill him for it and is going to try to kill him again in the middle of the tribulation for it. And Jesus isn't going to get up from his mashed potatoes. He's going to be sitting me with me and you, Jenny, at the marriage supper of the Lamb with his shrimp scampini and everything else that we're going to eat. It's going to be a 1,900-course meal. It's going to take years to eat. And Jesus ain't even going to stand up. He's just going to say, Michael, deal with him. I'm talking to Craig. Maybe Greg, if, if he makes it. Praise God. <laughs> praise, praise God. So the devil, the devil, uh, anyway, uh, praise God. Now, let's, uh, before, before we get into a ditch, I'm, I'm teetering in the ditch. I got to get out. I got to get out. Now, verse 5 of the New Living. I did this so that your trust would not rest in human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet when I am, yet when I am among mature believers... I do speak the words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If you read Brother Hagin's book, The Triumphant Church, he explains this far more eloquently than me and gives a lot of other verses that I don't have time to get into tonight. But, but he explains that basically the wisdom of God, very simply, the wisdom of God is the plan that God had hidden that the devil and the rulers of the world and even the Jewish race who it was coming through, they didn't understand what was going on. They knew by prophecy there was a Messiah coming, but they couldn't figure out all the other details. Now, the, the wisdom of God is the plan. I just want you to understand that. If you, because that's what I've read to you from three translations. It is the plan previously hidden, but now decreed and revealed for our glory as the church. Why? What is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God, very simply, is the plan that God initiated. Man lost because of Adam. God's plan, this wisdom, was to send his son. His son would be perfect from a human perspective because he came out of a woman. But he's perfect from a supernatural perspective because his blood was right from the bloodline and he didn't ever commit sin to violate God's word. So his blood was right, but he was fully human. So he's called the son of man and the son of God simultaneously. And he lives a perfect life. And he's the only one that can substitute, be a sacrifice and can take the place of all humanity because you have to be human to qualify, but you have to be also perfect to qualify. And no human could be perfect, but this was a man and a perfect man all at once. This was the great plan previously hidden. I'm going to send my son. You've lost everything and given it over to the devil, but I'm going to send my son. Now what he's going to do is he's going to live a perfect life and die a perfect death for the rest of you so that he comes into eternal covenant with me and you can piggyback on his covenant and enter in through him. He's the door of salvation. John 10. He's the door. Now, when you receive him and you come into this covenant with me, now I give you the authority that he had on the earth that Jesus had. The devil's still the God of this world because the lease hasn't run out yet. But you have been given, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. I give it to you. Now, you go through your life and wherever you find darkness, deal with it. The darkness in the world won't leave, but where you stand, it will back up. This is the wisdom of God. Man lost it. Jesus got it. Jesus gave it to us, and we enforce it. It's so simple. 
This is the wisdom of God. This is the ultimate plan that he was, that he was cradling and, and holding and working through all these Old Testament prophets to speak about and working through all these people having kids down the genealogy, down through the line of Judah. And he's, and he's taking great pains. And then he pauses for a little while because God's not in a rush. And if you listen to my wife's teaching, if you couldn't make it but you wanted, then you can order it. You can order it. But I mean, it's amazing. The book of Ruth, he paused for a minute and he wrote and he did a whole thing in the whole life of somebody to let us know from the Bible that, that, that he, Jesus, was the kinsman redeemer for the Gentile church. The whole book of Ruth is about the Gentiles. It's about me getting born again. It was a spiritual picture. Uh, what, 70, 80, 90 years before King David was ever born, God was thinking about me before David was ever born and he paused because that's the hidden plan I'm sending my son not just for the Jew but for the Gentile I'm going to give you a whole human life story in this Ruth and Boaz to let you know that the Gentiles are coming in that this plan isn't just for the Jews it's for everybody and he and he just keeps going generation long waiting long waiting generation after generation after generation thousands of years he's holding this precious plan and he and he conceived it before the worlds were ever formed so he this he had this in his mind forever and he and the earth is billions of years old we don't know how old but it's not six thousand years like the baptists say they're, they're that's totally wrong just use your brain and you know it's not they've got proven technology that shows it's billions of years old it is because he made it billions of years ago he just put adam on it six seven thousand years ago that's all it was but all this time he had this in his mind I'm going to give Adam a chance because God knows everything. I'm going to give Adam a chance. He's going to mess it. But that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got a way to fix it. I'm going to send my son Jesus before I make this earth, before all this stuff happens. You're willing to go? Yes, sir. All right. As long as you're willing. Holy Ghost, you're willing to help him? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm, I've got this whole plan organized. I'm going to not show anybody because nothing can stop this plan. This is the ultimate plan of the history of the world. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes. His plan is starting to come to pass. He lives perfect. His plan is coming to pass. He dies. His plan. He can't fulfill the plan without his death. That's why if the devil knew it, he'd never let them kill him. Because by killing him, he went in the seed, except the seed die. He abides alone without many sons of glory. But if he dies as a seed of God and he goes into the earth, he brings forth a harvest of billions of Christians and sons and daughters of God. The devil would have never let that happen if he knew the plan, but the plan was hidden. The plan was secret. And for generations and thousands of years, God watched over that plan. And finally, Jesus comes and the plan, the angels are paying attention. The plan is coming to pass. And Jesus lives. The plan is coming. And then he dies. The critical moment, Jenny. The plan is coming to pass. Then he rises from the dead. The plan has come to pass. Then he sits down and he says, I give you gifts. I give you authority. Now you go and you do what I've given you. You go and dominate the earth. The plan has been fulfilled. We lost it. He, we lost it. Jesus got it. Jesus gave it to us and we enforce it. This is the plan of the ages, the plan of wisdom. Nothing else in Hollywood, all their stupid movies and their talk shows and their this nonsense. It's all a bunch of hogwash. Nothing else matters from the perspective of the eternal God. Other than I had a plan, my son fulfilled it. The humans lost it. Jesus got it. He gave it to the church. I'm waiting finally for the church to now enforce what the plan was. And when he sees church Christians cowering and, and weak and spineless and afraid, 
the angels must, must be shocked at this. Do you realize the plan has been in existence for thousands? It has come to pass in perfection and he's given it to you, but you'll do nothing with it. If, if you can understand just a glimpse, this, mess, this subject material, the devil is take you months to get out preaching seven days a week. You can't get it all in one message. I'm just giving you a glimpse of one angle of the diamond that I felt the Lord say, share that part of it tonight. It'll help them get more skillful. If you can just realize when you're dealing with the devil, whatever kind that you're dealing with, whatever darkness, whatever oppression, torment, harassment, whatever it is, financial crisis, whatever it is, fear, whatever it is, sickness, if you can just realize that you have thousands of years that have been faithful, people that were faithful. The plan took people that were faithful for thousands of years in the old and now 2,000 in the new. You have millennia that you are to stand on their shoulders. It would be a crying shame for us as a church not to have victory after all the price that they paid. Not just what the Jesus paid, obviously he's got the ultimate price, but the church, what they've, what they've brought us into, all, these, all the generals that went before, for us to stand on their shoulders and still fail. The plan demands victory. If you understand that God planned this whole thing so that you would come into divine authority, when you got born again and part of the church. Why? He revealed it at the time of Paul, at the time of Jesus, for our glorification. God says, I give, Jesus, God, he gives it to us. Now, if you use it, this tremendous authority over the devil, if you use it, that's the plan. Jesus, man lost it. Jesus got it. He gave it back to man, the church really, and now we are to use it and enforce victory on the earth and have complete breakthrough and, and, and overcoming and dominion everywhere we go and everywhere we look. That's, that's why he did the plan, Jenny, so that the church would be glorified. Amen. Amen. If you're not walking in dominion, you're not glorifying God. Because he said, this, I, this, this idea, this hidden plan, what is this wisdom? That I was given authority. Jesus gave me authority. It would be crying shame for me to die of COVID if I've been given authority. It'd be a crying shame for me to have loss and failure and darkness and torment and demon, demonized children if I have been given authority. This, this plan that God had, this idea, this wisdom, it's for me, Jenny, and it's for you. And God intended for us to use it. We stand upon the shoulders of six millennia. And God looks at us and says, I did all that. I did all that. All those churches, all those Christians at 300 with Nero, and they'd all, they died, the martyrs. And the dark ages and the flame kept going. It was never extinguished. And it kept going through the Reformation period and the just shall live by faith, 1517. And it keeps going, the great missionary period of the 1700s and the 1800s. And then in the 1900s, the great revival of William Seymour and tongues and the Holy Ghost and Charles Parham. And then the healing revival of the 40s and 50s. And then the, and then the charismatic revival. And then the teaching revival with Dad Hagen. And he's gone. And Dr. Dufresne's gone. And now we're edging closer to the rapture than ever before and we stand on the precipice of time and we look back to look at six millennia and this plan has been moving the whole time and we stand on their shoulders. Amen. And you can't deal with a headache. 
you can't deal with these things that come against you. I'm serious. It's, it's, I wish we could see it the way God sees it, Jenny. When Christians cower, it is such an insult to the wisdom of God. Because he did all of that so that you would hold authority and dominion and that you would walk free. And so that when you go into the darkened world, you have a message of hope. I can help you. I can help you. You may not want it, but I can help you. I can help you. If you let me minister to you, if you let me teach you, if you let me lay my hands upon you, if you let me help you with that, I can help you with that sickness, ma'am. Sir, I can help you with that torment. Because I've been given, there's been a plan for 6,000 years that I am the recipient of that plan. I hold a power in my hand. When I speak, things will obey me. I, I, don't you understand? I'm a God among men. You say, how do you dare you say that? Jesus said that. Jesus quoted the Old Testament when he said, you are like gods. Little gods, not capital G's. You, you look it up. Jesus quoted the Psalms when it says, ye are like little gods. In other words, you, the, the dominion of God in us puts us at a different playing field. We are the same human species in terms of we're human beings, but we are of a different species because 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that when we're born again, our spirit now is of a new creature. We're a new species of being. Our spirit, we have a spirit like the sinner has a spirit, but we are different to that sinner. We're the same as a human, but we're different. We're a spiritually evolved being. That's right, amen. <laughs> I'm spiritually evolved, Greg. I know the psychics say they are, but they're good dev devils. They, they are spiritually undeveloped. Yeah. They have, have gone backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yet they call themselves enlightened ones because they've touched power. But it's the dark power that will take them to hell. We've been given power, Jenny. It's called the wisdom of God. It's called the wisdom of God. The next time you're under some kind of an attack, you better start, you better take a moment to think that all these believers, this cloud of witnesses are looking down at you and they're saying, you've been given truth. You've been given teaching. Why are you so dull of hearing? Stand up and do it. We didn't live in vain. We did this so that you would have this. I'm telling you, the plan of God is nothing but victory. I'm talking nothing but victory, nothing but dominion, nothing but wholeness, nothing but prosperity, nothing but covenant promises, nothing but light and glory and increase. This is what God's plan was. And he knew the devil was going to ruin it all. So he said, Jesus, you're going to take it all back. And you're going to give it to the church and glorify them. Let them shine with this. Church, you better pick it up. He gave it to you. But if you don't pick it up and use it, if you don't put it in your mouth, it won't work for you. You've got to use it. You've got to speak it. You've got to believe it. You've got to commend it. You've got to believe when you say something, it will obey you. This is what God has been preparing for all these millennia for me. I better, you understand the weight of history is upon us. We better pay attention. We better, especially if you come to this church. I'm not saying that lightly and I'm not saying that pridefully and I'm not saying that in a scary way. But you go to a church, you don't teach you nothing and don't talk about this kind of stuff. Then you get away with a lot from God because you're nothing but ignorant. But to whom much is given, much is required. You can't hear this and then not go home and do it. Because if you do, the Lord is this. If you do that, you'll see the Lord's not going to bail you out as quickly as he did before. And you try to come up and just get a freebie because you're too lazy to do this and have me lay my hands on you and expect it to work. When you've sat there for a long time to receive, the anointing on me won't work for you. 
Neither will the anointing on Dr. Dufresne, Kenneth Copeland, or anyone for that matter, because you've been given much. Now do something with it. That anointing works for the young ones, for the the small ones, the, the, the novice. The ones that come in that haven't ever heard this before. God will give them mercy. That anointing will work for them because they don't know anything. But the ones that know that don't do, oh my goodness, you're in a dangerous place. This wisdom was hidden. What is that wisdom? It was a plan. What was the plan? Humans lost it and Jesus got it all back. The second Adam reverted what the first Adam did. Not in terms of the global lease. The devil still holds that till the end. But he took back in the realm of the spirit the power of death that the devil held over us. The power of fear. Darkness. And he looked at us and he said, I'm going to cause you to shine. They couldn't shine. But oh, you're better. You're better. That's why Jesus said the least in the New Testament, the lowest Christian is greater than the greatest prophet. In other words, the bottom rung in this new covenant has more than the top rung of the old. Why? Because this bottom Christian still has been given this gift called the wisdom of God. Jesus took it. I give this to you. Do you realize how precious this is? When you say things and believe them, demons themselves will yield to you. Sickness will obey you. Body parts will move in accordance with your word. Nature will submit to you. Jesus commanded storms and they listened. He walked on water and it listened. I'm telling you, this, is a, this amazing thing called the wisdom of God has been given to us as the ultimate gift. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. And, and yet you, say, you, you lie there in the darkness and fear comes and you say nothing. What you're doing is you're saying, God, I don't care about your wisdom. I don't care that it took you 6,000 years to get it to me. I'm not doing it. That's what people do that lie in dark when fear comes and they won't speak to it. That's what happens when those stupid thoughts come to you and you don't answer them properly. That's what happens when the devil tries to lie to you and get you to separate from where the life of God is flowing and and you don't answer it properly. What you're saying is, God, I disregard your wisdom. I disregard my authority. When you put up with stuff in your body, you put up with it, you just put up with it and keep putting up with it and keep putting up. You're disregarding the wisdom of God because he did all of that so that you would be given authority for you to start to speak to that body. Because it will obey you. We must become cognizant, Jenny, of the fact that this is bigger than our little cocooned lives. We're talking of a global thing that God for centuries and millennia has been doing to get stuff to us. And we must use it. Now look at Ephesians chapter 3 with me. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, help them become a little more skillful. And how they deal with the devil. Well, one of the major parts is realize what you've been given. <laughs> the fact that you've been given that name. Don't you ever use that name in vain. Don't you ever hurt that name. And if any big, foul, loud mouth jerk out there, open up your big mouth and you say, I take, I take umbrage and offense to your words, sir. Keep your fat mouth shut around me. Don't you dare talk about my Savior. We let people insult Jesus all day long and we just go like lambs to the slaughter. Yes. If you really understand that name, how holy and precious that name is, that gift of wisdom given to you in a name, yeah, you won't let people disregard it. That's you right. will not let people talk against it. You won't. 
Because it's, if you let people, it's because you don't really understand that name. You don't understand how precious that name is. You don't understand how much power that name holds. You don't let people trample it. I know the world is going to trample stuff because they're, they're the world. But that, and I'm just saying, be led by the Spirit. You don't go around slapping everybody and you don't go around yelling at everybody. But you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. Because if you're around somebody, maybe if you're in a, a lineup like Jenny was in the Tim Hortons and there was a, I'm telling you, the devil, the devil knows you. Devil, the devil saw Kenneth Hagin, that demon-possessed guy, said, I know where you, the demon spoke out of his mouth, said, I, I know where you came in. Told him the exact time he entered the city, the city parameters. Told him exactly the streets that he drove on. Told him where he stopped. That, those demons were watching him the whole time. Devils know. And there's something on us because we're a target. I'm telling you. So I, sometimes things manifest around us more than maybe they would other people because of that anointing and because of that glory and because of that mantle and because we're walking in the spirit. It doesn't always happen, but every now and then we learn to take authority over things. So Jenny was in the Tim Hortons and this guy, I mean, just, she's just putting her order in. She's not taking too long. She's not fumbling. She's just normal. And he's in the back with his window down, just screaming at her with his head out the window, curses, cussing, F this, that, yelling. He, she said he sang cuss words at her. Sang it. I mean, it was just the, like, a, like a torrential river of cussing coming out of his mouth while she's just standing there putting the order in. See, that's demons. That's not normal. That's not normal. Demons watch, they know, they're aware, they know, and they sometimes come, and if they can find a weak link, if they can find a weak-minded person, an open person to them, they'll come and they'll use that person's body and voice to try to assault the children of God. But you see, we've been given tremendous, tremendous authority. Tremendous authority. So I'm not saying, Jenny, okay, he's doing that. For her to get out of her vehicle and go on back to him, and said, hey, redneck, let me talk to you for a second. How do you like, how do you like some of this? And slap him real good. Don't you talk about Jesus that way. Uh, I don't know if that would be the wisest thing to do because he probably has a shotgun in his pickup truck. <laughs> Most rednecks do. And I don't want her getting shot. Now, but she has got the authority. What I'm saying is just because there's an attack, you can deal with things quietly. That doesn't mean you go and confront them. But let me give you an example. Let's say you're at work and you've got a coworker and they just keep cussing the name of Jesus. It would be wrong for you to let that go forever without standing up and saying, listen, I don't mean to offend you, but listen, I'm a Christian. You're obviously not. What you're saying hurts my, it hurts me, it offends me, and I need you to stop. And if they don't, then you take it up a step and now you get a little bit more aggressive with them. And if they don't, you take it up a step and then you go to the manager and then you file a complaint and you don't let it go because... If we understand this gift of wisdom, it's all wrapped up in that holy precious name. And when we just let people trample it without us saying something, got to be led by the spirit. You can't do it in every situation, but there are situations that you have to speak up. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 310. Now watch this. Oh, Jesus, my God. Verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. What is the mystery? The wisdom. Which was from the beginning of the world which has been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. See, he's preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ which is salvation, which is what? The fellowship of the mystery. 
That's what he's preaching. He's preaching Jesus came. This is the message. This is what was hidden. Jesus came. He defeated the devil. He died. He saved you. He's healed you. He's given you this great covenant and he's given you this great name. Walk in victory. That is the unsearchable riches of Christ. That is the fellowship of the mystery that he's preaching to the Gentiles. Do you understand? That's what we're doing. Now watch now. Which has been hidden God who created all things by Christ Jesus. That's this wisdom. That's this hidden mystery. To the intent... He's preaching to Gentiles to tell them there is a mystery. There is a wisdom that you've never heard of. The devil was, that the devil is the reason you've got problems. Jesus came, took it away from him, and gave it to the humans who would receive it called the church. I'm preaching to you that you can become a part of the church if you receive this great Jesus. And you will have authority and power over darkness. This is what he's preaching. Do you understand? This is what he's preaching. Now watch. Why is he preaching that? To what, to what end? Obviously for them to be saved, but beyond their salvation, to what end? Look at verse 10. To the intent, I'm preaching to them, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm preaching to the Gentiles to tell them there is a mystery, there's a wisdom. Jesus took it all back and gave it to you. Do you want it? Because if you do, you're going to get power. Now, if they receive it, it's what's, what's going to happen. They are now the church. And they are going to decree unto the principalities and the powers these dark forces in this world. What is the church, the believers, the born-again ones, what are we decreeing to the, to the powers of darkness? The manifold. The manifold literally multi-levels. The fullness, the manifold of God's wisdom. Which Jesus, that was always his purpose. Remember? The eternal purpose. He purposed it before the world was ever born that the church would be glorified by having power over the devil. Amen. We are to, we, the church. Did you notice it didn't say Jesus was declaring to the principalities? It says the church must declare to the principalities what? The manifold, the multi-layered, the multi-dimensional, the fullness of the what? Of the wisdom of God. How do we declare to devils the wisdom of God? It's very simple. Hey, I know who you are. You know that I know who you are. I'm not like the rest of these ones that are in darkness. I know who you are. Jesus stripped your power and he gave the authority to me. And when I tell you, you will obey me. That is the church declaring the wisdom. What is the wisdom? I've been given authority over you. Wisdom, it's declaring it to the devil. The church must declare it. If the church doesn't know the wisdom, they can't declare the wisdom. If you don't even know what the wisdom of God means, and most Christians don't, you go to the average Christian and say, what does the wisdom of God mean? They have no idea. They'll say, well, you, you have, you know, you're smart about how to make good decisions. They think it's that kind of wisdom. They have no idea. The wisdom of God means they have been given dominion. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what it means. That's, that's the ultimate. Jesus gave us dominion. That's what the wisdom of God means. That's what we declare to these forces of darkness because without dominion, they'll run a roughshod over us. But with our dominion, they have to stop their tracks and start moving backwards. You're listening to me. The wisdom of God is the dominion. It's the dominion of the, of the believer. It's you understanding who you are in Christ. Now, do you remember I started with Ephesians 117 and I talked to you about and the Holy Ghost see I don't know if I finished that statement but the Holy Ghost started to say son 
Notice it says that he would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And he said to me, he said, you need my revelation about the wisdom. Do you understand? It's not just making good decisions. It's not that kind of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is the, is the Holy Ghost communicating who you are in Christ. When you hear wisdom, this kind of wisdom, it, it's on this side, the left, that's an equation. Wisdom, the wisdom of God, the spirit of wisdom equals the dominion of the believer or who we are in Christ. That's what it means. That's, that's the summary of the entire history of, the, of this mystery that God has held and that the devil couldn't figure out or he wouldn't have killed Jesus. That humans lost it. Jesus got it. Because of his death and resurrection, he gave it to those that would receive him. And now they have authority to walk and imitate what Jesus did on the planet as long as they breathe air. This believer now has dominion because of him, has a name because of him. Now we, this is who we are in Christ, our authority as a believer. This is the wisdom of God. So he said to me, it says the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. He said, son, if you don't get me to reveal it to you, you need revelation into who you are. You need revelation into your authority. You need revelation as who you are in Christ. You need, in other words, you can't just... (laughs) I'm preaching it to you because I've got revelation of it. So when I go home, I do it. I use it. But you see, you won't go home and do it if you just hear it preached and you go, wow, awesome, awesome sermon. Praise God, dude. I mean, that's just awesome, man. Righteous. Like like righteous. Like it's just awesome, dude. Praise, Praise God. So all those compliments mean nothing to me because I can't tell if your Bill and Ted uh, excellent adventure comments and, and, and surfing terminology means that you got revelation or you got inspiration. You can go, oh, dude, man, I mean, awesome, rocking on, dude. Jesus gave me authority over the devil, dude, praise God. But you're just inspired. You're just inspired. You're like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, man, amen. Next time I see the devil, I'm going to take him out. That's awesome, praise God. But Jenny, if that's all they've got is inspired, they're inspired. Yeah, but when the devil shows up, all the inspiration flits away. You don't know where it went. And you're like, oh, dude, I don't know where that went. Oh, dude. And then, and then you're like, oh, oh, Mr. Devil, oh, dude, please don't touch me. Oh, please don't hurt me. But, 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 but I was so inspired at church. Why? Because the anointing is here in the room and that helps you. And the word is going forth and the Holy Ghost is hovering over you and, and he's inspiring you. Inspiration is not wrong. But inspiration is temporary. It's fleeting. Why? Inspiration is of the soul. Are you listening to me? Christians that come to church, if your eyes could be opened the way God sees it, most Christians coming to church do all the right motions. And they they just do, they do all the amen. Amen. They, They do everything. Dude, righteous, awesome. Most Christians, they say everything right, they do all the right actions, and the naked eye can't tell. But God, in his, the way he looks at it, most Christians, I know it by the Spirit, most Christians, they leave inspired in their soul, but they don't have revelation in their spirit. So it's great and wonderful, and they're excited, and they want to come back next week, and all that's great, but they can't act on it. 
when the pressure comes because now their mind is in a vice grip and all the inspiration of the soul has vanished and they don't have anything to fight with. But a Christian, whether they're shouting or not, I want you to respond, but I know people can hear revelation and even sit quietly. When you get a revelation, when it jumps off the page and it goes, oh, or when the preacher preaches and the Holy Ghost shows you by revelation knowledge, oh, oh, I see it. It's not just, wow, I'm inspired, great message. It's, oh, I see it. I've been given this as a gift. This is the wisdom who I am. Who I am. And I need the revelation of the Holy Ghost to show me who I am. But Holy Ghost, you gave me the spirit of revelation tonight. You gave me the spirit of revelation into the spirit of wisdom. I see who I am. I know who I am. Oh, now it's going to be different. I'm not going to let put up with those nightmares of my children anymore. No, 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 no. I'm not going to put up with that thing, that lump. Oh, it's going. I don't know it yet, but it's already lost. It's already lost the game. It, you don't know it yet, Mr. Lump. I have this stinky little silly stupid video game. It's a, you know, little alien ships. They're not aliens. We don't believe in aliens. But it's just like little alien ships that come and I have to shoot them. And there's all these different ships that you have to get special coins and you get the ships. And I do it when I'm really bored, which is very rarely. Sometimes I do it very late at night before I go to bed because it just kind of calms my mind and puts me into getting my thoughts off all the real life. You know what I mean? Because I can't hardly watch nothing on television anymore because it's all so disgusting. So I just shoot some aliens on my little thing. Now, they're just ships. They're not aliens. So don't anybody send me emails about that, please. Okay, there's no aliens. There's no weird little with beady eyes. It's just, it's just little spaceships. But, 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 you know, I'm going, Brother Robin. You know, I have spent a few hours over the years on it. And I've acquired the best ship that you can buy. And, but, but you don't just get it. You, they have to give it to you. So at certain times, you'll shoot a little ship and it will explode. And out of it comes your great ship. You start with a nonsense ship, but you're looking for the one that you've built all these coins up to buy. But you can't get it just because you want it. They have to give it to you. And, and, then, and I play live online. I play with people all over the world. So I was playing with Frank from Germany last night, and, and, he, and he can put little messages to me, and I can put little messages. And he said, good luck. And I said, yeah, right. And he said, and then I said, you're going down, buddy. And he said, oh, sure I am. And so we're, we're going back and forth live on the internet. And so he's playing, and I can see, I can't see his ship, but I can see the levels that he's acquiring, and I can see if he's beating me or if I'm beating him and if you get six levels ahead then he automatically loses or if the time runs out it's five minutes and you're ahead even by a second you win and Frank and, and, and he's going and, and I've got this dinky ship and I'm trying and I can see I can see what ship he has now, that's unfair he's got that ship He's got that good ship. It's not the best ship, but it's a good ship. And he's, a, he's seeing two levels, three levels ahead of me, four levels ahead of me. And I'm trying my best. And all of a sudden, I hit one of the ships. And my beautiful ship, it's multicolored. It's got a ray, a ray beam that comes out of it. I mean, this thing is bad to the bone. This thing is the best ship in the game. And I, got, and I, and I, I, I saw it coming. I said... And the first thing that I thought was, Frank, he's four levels ahead of me. If he gets to six, I'm done. We, we, we do little bets too, not with real money, okay? Just with our coins. I got a lot of coins riding on this game. I got to beat Frank from Germany. And, and he's going to win. I can know he's going to win, Greg, because he's got a good ship. But when I see my multicolored ship come, it's called the Terminator. When I saw, it is, when I saw the Terminator come, I said to myself, Frank, you're dead and you don't even know it. And I got that ship, Greg, and I start slashing those things because that beam, nothing can withstand it. Nothing. 
And, I, and, and within about 30 seconds, I've caught up to his level. And he's sending me, what's going on? And he's got these frowny faces like this, like that kind of, and I said, you're dead and you don't even know it, buddy. You might as well quit now. I got you, buddy. I got you. You don't even know you're dead, but you're going down. And sure enough, not only did he go down, I got six levels ahead of him. And then the game ends. And he's so angry because he was up, but I got my ship. <laughs> you say, what has that got to do with anything? Because really, we may feel, oh, that lump is there. Oh, I feel like I'm going down. I feel like something's wrong. What's going on, Lord? Why? What's going on? But you see, the wisdom of God in that name, that's your terminator ship. If you've got that, you've got the best weapon in the universe. And what you need to look down and say, hey, Frank, just want you to know you're going down, but you don't even know it yet. You don't know I got the terminator. You're going down. See, that's your attitude. Financial crisis. <laughs> I know it looks scary there for a while. You're going down. You're going down. You don't even know it yet, devil. You don't even know it yet, but I've already won. It doesn't look like it, Jenny. I'm four levels down, but I'm going to beat him because nothing can overcome that chip. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can overcome that name. Nothing can overcome the blood. Nothing can overcome the wisdom of God. Nothing. We have been given the ultimate terminator in the world. It's found in this secret mystery that Jesus got it. He gave it to me and he said, now, son, use it. Amen. I've been given the greatest weapon of all times. And it may look like I'm down. It may look like I'm losing. Finances might not always add up, Jenny. Body parts might not always feel right. Situations with family might look like I'm losing. But at the end of the day, I've already won. Amen. And I got to tell them, you think you're celebrating. But what you don't know is you've already lost. I'm coming for you. You better look in your rearview mirror, buddy. I'm coming. That's got to be our attitude. I'm coming for you. Hey, hey, Lump, you're Frank from Germany. You don't even know it, but you've lost. You don't know it, but I've got you. I've been given the name. I've got you. I've been given the wisdom of God. I've got you. You, you think the devil thinks he's won against us, but he, can't, he, he doesn't know that he's already lost, Jenny. See, we always say we've already got the victory, but you need to think about it in practical terms. Jesus has won. He's given us that name. So no matter what is going on, we've technically, he, the devil doesn't realize it. The symptom doesn't recognize it yet, but it's going down. It's going down because our authority is greater than its authority. Our ship is greater. It might look reversed for a moment, but the tide is going to turn. And you are going to get on the top of that thing. You're going to get on the right side of that situation. You're going to get on the victory side of that situation. You're going to because he's already going down. He just doesn't know it yet. And you technically have already won because as long as you've got that name, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Oh, my Lord. You don't have to go through your life with a bad ship. You've been given that name. When you, got, you had a bad ship all those years. But as soon as you said, Jesus, be my savior, the, the, the multicolored terminator came down into your life. Are you with me? As soon as I got saved, I got the best ship in the world. I, and it may look like I'm behind right now, but don't you worry about it. You're going down. You don't even know it. You've lost. Devil, you don't even know it, but you've lost. Because Jesus already won and he gave me what he has. You can't stand against me. You might try. You might holler and bless her. You've lost. You've lost. The little piggies in the house that was made with stone. The wolf huffed and puffed. 
And that, and that stone house didn't come down. I know that's a silly little thing we teach our kids, but remember, we're built upon, not the sand, but we're built upon the rock. Yeah. The devil can huff and puff and cause this and cause that and make the wind blow and turn people against you and make it look, it might look like you're not winning. Yeah. It might look like things are looking, looking down on you, but you've got to trust the house that you've built around you. I'm on the rock. This is Jesus. You can huff and puff, Mr. Wolf. You can't blow. This is not made of, of straw. You can't blow this down. This is not made of wood. You can't burn me out. You can try. You can make all the noise you want. But don't you know, I am, my foundation is on a king. Don't you know, devil, I've got the best ship in the world. I've got the name. It might look like I'm behind, but I'm coming for you. You've lost. You don't even know it, devil. I'm coming for you because Jesus cannot be overcome. But I've got to believe that I've been given that wisdom. I've got to really believe I've been given that wisdom. I've got to know it. I've got to know it on the inside of me. And I've got to declare it to the principalities. This wisdom of God will overcome you. He gave it to me. Oh, praise the Lord. Can I share you one more? It's nine o'clock, but, but you, you seem like you're somewhat receptive to the word. I know you like that ship. I know you like that game, but I'm not sharing it with you. Okay? I'm not going to share it with you. Praise the Lord. Such a stupid example, but I must say there's a spiritual parallel to it because sometimes I, I feel to myself, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. There's no way I can beat this. And all of a sudden, the multicolored Terminator shows up and I just look and I say, Ranjit from India. I was playing him yesterday. Ranjit. Because <laughs> it has their name and where they're from. Ranjit, you're dead. You don't even know it, buddy. <laughs> Enjoy your time. You're, you're, the clock started. The end has begun. Once I get the Terminator, you're finished. And sure enough, I beat Ranjit again. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And people can choose not to fight you because they know that you're too good. And so that's what happens a lot now with me. People come and when they see me, when they see me and they see that I have the Terminator, they just bow out. They have to lose some of their coins, but they just, I, I bow to you. And I say, good, let me take some of your coins. That's right. Taylor, I'm telling you, that name, some devils won't even touch you. They just know I can't, I, I, I just can't. He understands who he is. He understands who he is in Christ. I'm just going to leave that guy alone. Yeah, you better leave me alone. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter six, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Stop beating people up. I know I told you to slap them, but it's really not a good advice. <laughs> But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, our fight is not physical, it's spiritual. Wherefore, now listen, listen. I've heard people talk about the armor of God all my life, and I've never really quite understood the whole thing. I know it's got all body parts, you know, head and chest and all this kind of stuff. And I think that in some ways maybe pulls away a distraction from what this is really saying. And it's great to know the body parts, and that's fine, okay? Some people, you know, they do prayer meetings and they say, Lord, I put on, you know, and I, Lord, I put on the helmet. I mean, you don't need to do that. Okay. If you want to do that, that's fine. But you're missing the point of what the armor of God is. The purpose of the armor of God is because of verse 12, because we are dealing with spiritual darkness and demons. Do you understand? And we deal with them in the spirit world, which is really, we're not always praying, but we are, we're in that world and 
praying things out is a part of that spiritual world. Confessing and commanding is part. You're physical, you're in this world, in this natural world, but when you command things, your words are spirit, like Jesus said, my words are spirit. Your spiritual words go into a spiritual realm and they deal with spiritual demons. Do you understand? And it's because of that we're, against, we're, we're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling. This whole COVID thing is not about COVID. It's about spirits that have been released that are manifesting in the form of COVID. This whole thing with Trump is not about political things. It's demons that are against the plan and the platform of God that want children to be murdered in the womb. That want homosexuals to have equal rights. It's spirits that are released on many different political levels. I'm not just saying I'm his name too, but there's many. This is a spiritual thing. People get so natural about this person and the situation and this disease. It's spiritual. But when we're in this spiritual wrestling, this warfare, remember, we don't come at it from a, I'm going to see if I can win. We come at it that Jesus has already given me that name. I've already won. You don't know a devil, but I've already won because Jesus beat you and he gave me his ship. I've got you. You don't even know it, but I've got you. We come at that wrestling from that perspective. But I want you to notice something the Lord showed me. When you are dealing with the devil, that is why we talk about the armor, because the armor assists you in dealing with the devil. Do you understand? It's not just some little prayer you pray in the morning and you act like you're putting on armor and it doesn't help you. That's not what it's about. You can act like you're putting it on. I don't mind. But that's not what it's about. What it's about is, Lord, I'm dealing with spiritual darkness. And because I've been given authority to deal with them, I have some things I must understand. If I have these weapons at my disposal and use them wisely, it will assist me in how I deal with the devil. The armor assists you in dealing in the spiritual realm with the devil. So the first part of the armor is take under the whole armor of God, where, whereby you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. The armor helps you withstand the devil. Remember the previous verse, you're dealing with devils. You're not dealing with people, you're dealing with devils. This armor helps you say no. The only reason you have the armor is so that you can say no. It helps you withstand them. Do you understand? What is the first thing that helps you withstand? Your loins girt about with truth. Now, listen, this is the belt. This is, now, there is two truths because the word of God is also called truth. But this is, this is if you study it, this means the foundation of truth. The sword of the spirit is the offensive weapon. It's the scriptures that you use offensively. It's like a weapon of truth or of the word. But the weapon has to hang on something called the belt. You can't have weaponary verses, attack verses, you know, I'm an offense, offensive verses, I'm on the offensive, if you don't have basic truth. The word of God is the foundation. It keeps your pants up. It keeps you in a found, it's, do you understand the, what, why it shows that picture? This is, the, it circles you. I am surrounded by knowing the word of God. Not just on the attack verses, but on the other verses like the love walk, like tithing, like don't be a sluggard, get a job. You see, all that is truth. When when you're surrounded by the foundation of truth and you're dealing with the devil, you'll be able to answer him when he throws thoughts at you because you'll know the word. It's all around you. No, the, no, 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 devil. The, devil, the Bible says this. No, 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 the word of the Lord says this. No, 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 that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this. You're pulling from your belt. 
See, the belt of truth, knowing the word will help you as you withstand the devil. If you don't know the word, you're not going to be able to withstand the devil the same way. You see, because these things help you withstand. What's the, you understand what I'm, where I'm coming from? I'm almost done. Just bear with me for one more second. What's the next one? It says here that you have not only the truth around you, but you have righteousness covering your heart. Do you understand when I go against, when Lester Sumrall was casting out the demon in that prison, Billamong prison there in, in Manila, and that girl was bitten by demons and all the cameras and he's cussing, those demons are speaking through him and cussing Jesus and cussing him and cussing the blood and all this kind of stuff. He was withstanding the devil. I know that's a possession case where he's casting it out, so it's an extreme version, but you could use it for any, anything in your life. He had, to, he had to know the word yes. as he withstood the devil. Yes. It wasn't just enough to say in the name of Jesus, he spoke the word to him. He said, no, that's not true. That's not what the word of God says. See, he was pulling on his belt. Then he said, and then, then he, if you read the story, the devil started cussing him out and saying how he was a, a liar and a failure and that he was a sinner. And, and he was saying, no, 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 I made the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. No, devil, you can't say that about me. I'm right. I'm right before God. You see, knowing your righteousness and living rightly before God will assist you as you, as you withstand the attack of the devil. If you don't have righteous lifestyles, you will not be assisted when the devil comes against you. You use your righteousness as a weapon. You cannot touch me. You cannot do this. I'm right before God. You see, it's a weapon. Righteousness is a weapon. It helps you withstand the attack of the devil. It helps you overcome him. It's the name, but it's these weapons that assist you with the name. And your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The kinsman redeemer would accept shoes as a sign that he was making covenant with Naomi. Jesus as our, as our kinsman redeemer gave us shoes, as a, it's a symbol, if you study the Old Testament, it's a symbol of covenant. It's a symbol of being redeemed, shoes. So that is why he gave you shoes to say, you are in covenant with me. You are at peace with me. Wear shoes. Now it's so poetic because now we take those shoes and we walk to tell others, you can be also in covenant with God. You can have peace with God. You can come, the kinsman redeemer has bought you back. Would you let, would you accept his shoes of covenant? Do you understand? So this covenant, this shows you that I'm at peace with God. This, I'm in, it represents, shoes of peace represent covenant. When you go against the devil and he's, he's coming at you, no, no, you can't, I know the word. You can't. I'm the righteousness of God. You can't say that. I have peace. I know who I am. I'm a covenant man. You can't touch me. You see, as I'm dealing with him, I use these weapons as I advance toward him. Because he's resisting me, but I'm going to overcome him. Part of what overcomes it is knowing the word. Part of it is knowing your righteousness and living righteously. Part of it is knowing your covenant and being, doing, being one of those ones that go out and preach the gospel. Above all, which means it's the most important, is the shield of faith. If you don't understand faith, you're, 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 you're toast. You gotta, when you're dealing with devils, you've got to understand, no, 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 devil, you can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't penetrate. I believe God, I trust God. Nothing you say is going to change that. God's going to come through for me, came through me every time. He's never let me down. You see, your faith pays you advance. Now, your mind is going to get buffeted, but you've got to know, I'm, I'm a born-again, saved man with a renewed mind. Because when I'm born again, that speaks of covenant, the shoes. But now it's more than born again. My mind is washed with the water of the word. I have a renewed thinking. I have been transformed by the renewing of my mind. See, because I'm saved, I have a right to sound thoughts. And I use that as a weapon against the devil when I come at him. I know the word. You can't say that. I'm, I'm a righteous man. You can't do that. 
<laughs> I'm in covenant with God. You're a liar. I understand faith. You're going down. My mind, I'm a saved man. My mind is sound. Your thoughts bounce off me. They cannot penetrate me. My salvation, my covenant protects my thoughts. You see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a moving against him and he's coming with all these things, but I've got weaponry against him. And finally, not just do I have the word, I've got the specific sword, aggression, offensive scriptures. Now, because the word of the Lord says this, remember Jesus in the wilderness, he spoke the sword of the word of God. Now, the, the, the Bible says it is written and you speak it. Well, if you're dealing with cancer, you're advancing. You see, you're dealing with devils. That's why, that's why you're dealing with the darkness. So that's why you've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know that name. But you've also got to have these other weapons with you. No devil, you can't. I'm righteous. No, no, no. I'm a covenant man. No, 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 no. You can't do that. I understand faith. <laughs> no, sir. I understand faith. My mind is sound. You can't, you can't attack me there. You can't. And you go through it. And you get to that final one. And by the way, the word of the Lord says to you, devil. And then you take out that sword and you use those scriptures to the Bible says he took it. You see, I can claim scriptures as a spelt, but then I can take certain scriptures. Uh, don't, go, don't misunderstand me. All scriptures can be a belt and all scriptures in some ways can be a sword. But I'm saying there are some that are kind of like the death blow which is your offensive. And I can, I can say, no, I, I, can, I can quote him the word, but then I get to that final, that last weapon, and I say, the, if I'm dealing with sickness, for example, the Bible says in Matthew 8, 17, that he took it for me. You hear me, devil? I said, he took it away. By his stripes, I am healed. You see, I've taken the word, and I'm using it. See, everything is in advance against darkness. The name is your primary weapon, but you've got other weapons, the blood, the armor of God. All of these are part of your spiritual advance because he is withstanding you, but you are to push back against him. And because of this wisdom, Jenny, we've been given authority to do this. And for us to let him run roughshod over us with all that we know would be a mistake. They would hurt and grieve the Holy Ghost. Most Christians do that because they don't know what the wisdom of God means. The wisdom of God is who I am in Christ. It's my, my, my authority as a believer. It's my dominion. He gave it to me. I am to decree that to the dark world, according to Ephesians 3.10. The church is supposed to declare it. And when I go into this prayer closet and I'm praying, I'm not going against people. I'm going against darkness. And as I advance, I've got weaponry in addition to the name, the blood, angels, and all these armaments. I'm righteous. <laughs> I, I, I'm a covenant man. I'm a saved man. Amen. I know the word of God. In general, I know the word of God offensively. I have no understand faith. These are weapons that I use when, when I'm in. Because you notice the next verse, it says praying always. So when you're dealing with this stuff, with all these armaments, this armor. Now, it says there, now in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Yeah. So he's using this armor as he prays. Yes. Why? Because as he prays, he goes against spiritual forces of wickedness. Yes. 
He's going against the enemy in his prayers and these armor with the name and the blood and the angels means he's an unstoppable force that nothing can withstand. Then he is pushing back that darkness and saying, no, you will not advance. No, you will not have the city or no, you will not have my wife or no, you will not have my child or no, you will not have my kidney or whatever the situation is. You're pushing back whether it's for a city or whether it's for you, whether it's for, you're pushing back. Why? Because the wisdom of God says, don't you dare give him one inch. Don't you dare. Jesus paid the price for you to have power. Praise God. I don't know if I said it the right way, but I felt the anointing. So I guess the Holy Ghost makes up for all my shortcomings. Heavenly Father, I've been given something called the wisdom of God. I've been given the authority of your name. You said whatsoever I bind will be bound and whatsoever I loose will be loose because of you. You've delegated that authority to me. Jesus, you died so that you would take back what the devil stole. You gave it to the glorification of the church. I am the one that has received it. I have been given the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery. I've been given the wisdom of God. I have been given the authority of a believer. And I am required, I am demanded by God to use it. And when I come against spiritual wickedness, I am to decree the wisdom of God. I am to tell them, you cannot overcome. I have victory and power over you in that name. And when I wrestle against darkness, Father, I in prayer, I am to now use that name and these other weapons, this, the knowledge of my righteousness, the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of my covenant of peace, the knowledge of my salvation and my renewed mind, the knowledge of faith and the knowledge of your word. I am to use these weapons, these, this arsenal of power. I am to use it as I advance spiritually. Father, when we're facing sickness in our body, financial pressure, issues with our parents, our children, our spouses, our in-laws, whatever we're facing, Lord, all of us are facing different things. Let the people, Lord, know. Let it, let it be a deeper revelation for them tonight that they're not facing it alone. And it might look like they're behind, but they've been given a mighty ship. They've been given glorious power. They've been given something called the wisdom of God. They have become a believer that has been given divine authority. And if they will simply use their words and open their mouth and believe by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, Lord, give them revelation tonight into the wisdom. Quicken this to them. If otherwise, I've just inspired them. But that will go up by the wayside when the attack comes. They've got to catch this. They've got to see this. Holy Spirit, you have to open their hearts. You have to open their eyes. You have to cause them to catch it. You have to quicken this inside of them. Holy Spirit, give us revelation knowledge into who we are in Christ. The wisdom of God. Reveal it to them, Spirit of God. Then when I'm not there and when all the inspiration has gone away and when they're in the darkness and they're in the fight, the revelation will not go away. The inspiration and the mind and the mental might flounder, but in their spirit they'll know what the Word says. And they'll rise up in power and they'll say, no, you will not advance, devil. I push you back. I'm not just inspired by the preaching. I've got revelation of the Holy Ghost through the preaching. And I know who I am in Christ. And I know what the wisdom means. And you will not take another step forward onto my property again. And that's when they'll see change. That's when they'll see change, Father, is when they get revelation of this. So Holy Spirit, give this congregation supernatural revelation of the wisdom of God. 
Give them revelation as to who they are. Give them revelation of their dominion so that they would advance in victory after victory after victory in every sphere of their lives from this moment forward. Because you've paid a heavy price, Jesus, and the church before us paid a heavy price and we stand on their shoulders. And it is incumbent upon us to pick up the revelation of the word and to walk in it. Praise God to the next generation after us, should there be another one, Father, if you tarry, that they, these truths will not be lost. But people will know who they are and that Jesus came to be the wisdom of God for us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. I've been preaching about a subject, praying in the Holy Ghost for years. Precious man in the church, heard all those sermons, inspired by them, tried a little bit, didn't really get it because he needed revelation into that subject, into who he was in Christ in that area. One day that revelation just hit. I don't know why that sermon had hit and all the other sermons it didn't. I still don't understand. But that revelation just hit, just hit him. So I've totally changed. Got a revelation of what it means to pray in the Holy Ghost. He knew, he prayed in the Holy Ghost, but he didn't have revelation why he was doing it. And so if you don't have revelation, it just becomes, a tra it becomes traditional and it just becomes legalistic after a while, then you just do it because you have to do it. But it's not real to you. Revelation makes it real to you. I'm so grateful the Holy Ghost gave him revelation into who he was in Christ in the category of tongues, but I'm praying that he gives us revelation into who we are in Christ in our authority over dark powers and over, over issues that are dealing with our children, learning disabilities, this problem, that problem, neighbors that harass us, that's spiritual. You have authority over that. You don't have to go over and fight with them. You just deal with it in the realm of the spirit. That, that devil will, will, will cause that situation. When that devil's dealt with, that situation will just disappear. I'm not saying that you don't call the police and you don't take natural steps. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but we gotta, we gotta learn that we're not fighting people. We're, we're having to deal with things in the spirit, Jenny. We're dealing with things in the spirit. There has been a bit of a, a pushback since we gathered together in general. I'm talking about in this congregation, Greg. We've met June 13th. We're meeting. People are coming faithfully there. The, the giving has dropped. We've never had the giving drop. We were at 35,000 consistently for three months and then it dropped back to 30. So now I, I, I've stopped believing for 40 because I have to now believe for 35 again. And that's never happened before where I've got something and then the devil's tried to steal it. But that's happened this year. It's happening right now. So thank you for those that are faithful, but I'm stretching my faith out now again for what we previously were believing God for because there's just some, but not just the finances, Greg. It's like there's something going on. I can't quite pick it up. I don't know what it is. And I get people, at first it was obvious there was a heaviness in the services, but now even when there's not a heaviness in the service, like there was no heaviness tonight. But in my spirit, I just pick up, there's something going on. I don't know what it is. There's just something in the spirit. It's like, there's like a, there's like a, something is there to withstand us. I don't know how to explain it. I can, I can pick it up. Jenny picks it up when she prays. I pick it up when I pray. And, and at first I looked at myself. I said, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Am I doing something wrong? I'm not doing anything wrong. It's because of the season of the mantle. We're about to walk through an open door and there are many adversaries. I don't know if you can pick it up. Maybe you can't. But, but as, as a spiritual man, I can sense there's stuff 
that's working against us. I don't mean the inspector, although that might be a tiny part of it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people hating me or sending mean emails or even leaving the church, although that might be a part of it. There's just something bigger. There's something in the atmosphere. It's just like a prevailing darkness. I don't know how to explain it to you. And I didn't pick it up until I didn't pick it up at all when we were in the live stream part of COVID. It's like there was a supernatural protection on us during that very hard time and unique time. It's like God cocooned us. But then he warned me at the end of it. He said, remember, he said, tell the people not to get lazy. Tell the people not to get distracted. And I thought, Lord, why are you saying that? We're getting back together. It's going to be better than ever. Everybody's going to be showing up. And little did I know that no people would fall away and people, even though we're meeting, they still wouldn't come because they're petrified with fear. And it's just a strange thing. But since that June 13th, there's been like something, I can't explain it. It's just something, it's hanging. It's just, it's, just, it's just a prevailing force against me and against this church. And it manifests sometimes naturally, but whether it manifests or not, it's there. Yeah. And I said, now, Lord, see, that's, that's this darkness. But I've been given authority, Jenny. And I said, Lord, is there something I've sinned? Is there something I've done wrong? He said, no, it's because of the mantle. He said, there's been demons that have been unleashed against your ministry because of the mantle. Pay attention, Craig. You're about to enter into a brand new thing. And there are many adversaries at a new door. And this mantle, they are, they are, they are offended by it. They are afraid of it. They are threatened by it. And, they, and there is forces that have been released against it. That's what I'm feeling. Part of me feels like, well, Lord, I don't want to feel that anymore. But I can't stop the mantle. So it's not a matter of not feeling it anymore. I have to push through it. I'm not going to feel it forever. It's not going to be there forever. But in this season right now, Jenny, there's like something there. So I want you to know, I know I'm taking my time and I really don't care because it's important that I say it. I want you to know that as I go into this fast and as you go into this fast, we are dealing with spiritual wickedness. We are dealing with principal. There is something there that is withstanding this, this assignment on this church. There's something there that is withstanding us. And in this fast, we have to, in unity... We have to stand up, Jenny, in the wisdom of God. Not with natural things, but in the wisdom of God. Devil, I know that you're withstanding us. I know that you're threatened by this assignment. But I want you to know that you're you're going down. You don't even know it yet. I've already beaten you because I've got Jesus. And I'm going to push you back. Part of this fast believe it or not, is me. I'm, I'm speaking some things by the Spirit now. But part of this fast, for those of you that are leaders, pay attention, and everybody for that matter. Part of this fast is me getting in the Spirit to not just pick up that mantle, but also to push back that darkness. Jesus had to push back Satan. Yes. And he picked up that anointing. And he dealt with his flesh. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So he was dealing with himself. His, his flesh, because he still was a human being that wanted to sin even though he didn't. He was dealing with his flesh. He was dealing with darkness. And he was dealing with God's light, God's spirit. So he was dealing with the spiritual darkness and he was dealing with spiritual light in the form of that special anointing. Because yes. he came out in the power of the spirit. And that's what we're going to be doing as of four days from now. There's going to be a dealing with the flesh. But there's also going to be a dealing of this darkness, this prevailing pressure, Greg, that I feel all the time. I feel it 24 hours a day. It's always there. It wasn't there before June 13th, but as soon as we started meeting, it was there. And it's the weirdest thing. I've never felt it before, and it's never been, I've never felt something as long. Normally it breaks. It's like it doesn't break. It just, it just keeps almost, it feels like it's almost advancing against us, and I can just feel that pressure. It's always there, and it's darkness. But thank God, I know why it's there, because we're entering a new season. We're entering... 
that's it's a cure to withstand the mantle but it can't win and when we get in the spirit jenny and you're helping me and those of you that are going to fast with me and you're going to help me we're getting in the spirit and we're praying in the holy ghost but i want you to understand part of that is to put you under part of that is to pick up that anointing but part of that is to push back that spiritual darkness because it has to be pushed back we have to get in the spirit jenny and push that back we have to get belligerent with it we have to say how dare you you don't touch us. You don't, you, you, we break your power. I declare unto you the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God. I've been given authority and you will back up. That mentor will come to full, full assignment. It will come to full potential. And you've got no, you've got no say in it, devil. Uh, we have to push that, Greggy. I need your help, brother. Rob, uh, Jenny, Lorraine, some, all, I need your help. Because there's something that is arrayed against us that has happened because of this season that we're in and because of this mantle. And it is time to push that back. And it is time to pick up that glory. And it is time to crucify that flesh. Three things that we're doing. We're dealing with ourselves. we're dealing with the devil, and we're dealing with God by picking up his assignment. And I'm telling you, it's real. But we're going to win, Jenny. <laughs> oh, I tell you, we're going to win. He's already started to show me some stuff that's going to happen next year. I started to see some miracles in the spirit that are going to happen right in this congregation. I saw it. This Just because that darkness is here now doesn't mean we're going to feel it forever. It's just an oppression to try to get us to back down. But we are going to push through it and it's going to back up. Praise God. We're going to have a glorious 2021. The power of God's going to flow in a different way. It's going to flow in a unique, I can't say every service, but you're going to see times in next year, the power of God's going to flow in a different way. We're going to see the signs and wonders of God. The start of it is going to happen next year. Praise God. It's going to be glorious. So stand with me as we end this year. Stand with me as we end this year. We are going into a season to push it back. He pushed back Satan. He picked up the assignment and he put his flesh under. And that's what we're doing. We're doing a threefold purpose on this fast. So stand with me and remember when you push it back, don't ask the devil, command the devil because he is not your equal and he's not playing head to head with you. You are above him and you are talking down to him because you've been given wisdom. Father, I bless this congregation. I thank you for them. It was important I took that extra 10 minutes, Lord, because I felt the Holy Ghost say, talk, son, talk, and I'm going to give you wisdom and counsel as you speak. I haven't been able to articulate, Father, some of those things, but I've been feeling them for a long time. You've just helped me articulate them in front of this congregation. So I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for the wisdom of God. I thank you for the revelation into the wisdom of God in this congregation. I thank you that we will fulfill our assignment in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.